Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? All right, all. Before the holiday, we took a little break because family, holiday, travel, mental health, disconnecting from technology. Um, I know the algorithm of all things social technology and media don't like you to take a break in service and posting, um, but I am far more concerned about being present with my family than I am about the growth of this podcast and how well I am doing in the tech algorithms that are written. So on that note, <laughs> before we went on the holiday break, I opened up a conversation about education, the state of education, the mental health crisis. We talk a lot about students and their struggling from the pandemic and, and even before that, um, but really the mental health crisis, the silent mental health crisis of the struggling educators. So many people leaving the field, burning out, sharing their burnt out. I mean, the I would say overwhelmingly more sharing their concerns, their needs than saying they're okay. So we talked a little bit about that. I then right before the short little break we were on, I posted an episode about kind of this self-care quiz and continuum so that going into the holiday, you all could take some time to reflect and think about where, where are you on this continuum of care of yourself and how are you doing? And again, not to make yourself feel bad for maybe not being where you want to be because this isn't a race. This isn't a perfectionistic standpoint. It is just a reflective activity that can lead you into some changes for the new year. So here we are, new year. And I want to now go into just a few episodes on some things that might be helpful to guide you across the coming many months. So this episode is going to be all about resources for self-help, self-care, stress management, burnout, all those things. And these are uh, people that I have used for my own journey, people that have shared other people with me, just all kinds of resources in, in kind of your big five areas. And if you aren't familiar with the big five is or what they are, I talked about that on a previous episode. So go back and look at the big five of kind of well-being. All right, so here we go. Let's start with mental health. So when you took that quiz or you looked at yourself in the continuum, and if you didn't do that, go back and listen to the last episode to see where you fall. There are a lot of us, and I would say this isn't like a mental health diagnosis that you might fall into, but this is everybody who's dealing with overwhelmingly high stress, which is most of the population, could benefit from these particular mental health resources. The first one I'm going to go into is two authors, artists, well-known for their meditations and their writing, 
but just amazing human beings. So where I discovered them, where I found them, where I follow them, where I tune into their work is on the app Insight Timer. It's a free app, has hundreds, probably thousands, multiple thousands, hundreds of thousands of free downloads, free plays for meditation, mindfulness activities, uh, breath work, even I think some yoga sessions. Uh, it's audio only, I believe. Um, so all uh, auditorily guided, but known for its meditation. And then there's a paid upgraded portion of that too, which I actually do subscribe to because it's like 50 or 60 bucks a year that gives you access to a lot of courses. And I like the courses because they're like meditation courses where, you know, it's eight to 10 minutes a day and it kind of keeps you... Um, it keeps track for you. Are you, are you doing it every day or you know, as much as you say you want to? And there's a sequence to it versus like blindly listening to just some sporadic ones, which some people like as well, but I, I think it's worth the upgrade. Anywho, the two people, Sarah Blondin, just listening to her voice is peaceful, but then she talks about softening and heart-minded and how y'all have created this hard shell to deal with what we have to deal with in society and life and how to kind of tap back into your heart and soften so that you can be more present, slow down and heal your body, which is pretty awesome. Uh, she's got a great book she just released as well. And then the other I really like is Layla Delia, also a meditation artist, also, also an author. I believe they both have courses on Insight Timer and on their websites and they both have private websites as well. So two great people to follow and tune into. They're very easy to listen to. All right. So those are some kind of more mindfulness meditation options. I also really love Monica Sweeney. If you search her on Google, uh, she's also an author, but she does a lot of interactive journals. And what I love about her journals is they're really playful. They're really colorful. They're really lighthearted and they're vulgar. <laughs> so I don't swear much. I was raised in a very conservative Christian family, but when used appropriately, especially in her particular journals, the vulgar language is so hilarious in a world that is hard and and stiff and stressful. A little bit of vulgarity in humor is really good for us, I think. So I would encourage you to look at her work. She's got tons of journals, all you know, some of them are, are kind of like mental health related, but some of them are relationship related. Some of them are work related. So I bought her, there's a book called Zen as Fuck. So she has that book, but then she has a branch of that book, which is Zen as Fuck at work, Zen as Fuck in your relationship. And they're really, really, really good. So they're also like the activities take journal prompts, take, I don't know, three to five minutes, maybe even less. And you can do one or multiple or, you know, pick it up whatever you want. So the relationship one, we usually would pick up when we're traveling or road trips, um, the work one, I kind of <laughs> did as fast as I could. And the personal one I just did with my morning meditation. So do it as you please. Another great mental health resource or kind of concept that I really love is the idea of wabi-sabi. So it's this Japanese Zen practice, which really helps you to see the beauty in imperfection and appreciate the simplicity in life and accept the transient nature of all things in life. People live, people die. New babies are born. People come in our lives, they go out. Um, and in a world that is breeding perfectionism through social media, through expectations, through family systems, through schools, adopting this practice, or at least understanding it or reading about it, 
is such an amazing thing because it helps you to really accept yourself and your state and your presence wherever you are. And it's just, yeah, it's just, I think it, for me, I really hit home when I, I do a lot of courses and coursework and design work on space. How does space impact your mind, your brain, your body, your nervous system? And the idea of wabi-sabi is less is more. Like get rid of all the shit on your desk, in your house, in your space, clear some space, make sure there's some white space, all these different things to just really appreciate where you are presently with less. All right. Sidebar, um, I'm going to go into a little bit with kind of healing, health, mental health, and pregnancy. As someone who was recently pregnant, I have one really awesome resource that I love. It's called The First 40 Days. So it's the idea of, I think you could really apply this to any big life change, but like um, pregnancy, postpartum, but if you leave a job or you change cities, like the first 40 days is so crucial. It's so sensitive. It's so vulnerable. So taking the first 40 days to really nourish your body, your mind, um, all these things. So it's got like mindfulness activities, it got it's got recipes, it's got just um like guidance. It's an amazing book with beautiful pictures, well written, based on the ancient history of um they call it like the resting period. That I think it's the Chinese and every culture has one. It's usually between 30 and 40 days where postpartum. Uh, the first 30 to 40 days, you you basically do nothing but rest and heal your body with nourishing foods and nourishing surroundings. But I love that book. Great for pregnancy. Great if you're not pregnant. Great if you just have a massive life transition. And the recipes are bomb. Oh my gosh, they're killer. There's one in there that's like a warm chicken date soup. It sounds kind of weird. Red date soup. It is so good. I'm telling you all, it's, it's to die for. Okay. Social. And not necessarily social media, but becoming social. Because when we are stressed out, we tend to pull back, withdraw, disconnect. That goes against our human biology of needing to deeply connect with people to feel healthy and well. So in terms of social, there are some easy ways to kind of reconnect that are at a distance and will slowly kind of ease you back in. Again, for moms, an app I use is called Peanut. So it's kind of like a dating app for moms. But what's nice about it is you can see people's profiles and kind of see what they're into before matching with them or connecting with them and talking to them and eventually meeting them. Uh, it's based on where you are locally. So you can meet people near you, or if you're going to a city, you can kind of search there. But I like that I can kind of filter people out before I meet them because I know who I am. I know what I'm looking for and I'm looking for like-minded people. Um, so that really helps me to get to those people fast and, and make sure that those people are moms. So we have that connection point because as the moms out there know, it's not always easy to get away, connect, uh, without kids. So I want to meet people who are open to connecting with kids. If you don't have kids, Bumble is a great option. I know Bumble is known as a dating app, but they actually have a Bumble BFF section where you can filter through and meet just friends of, I think, I've only done same sex, but you could probably meet both sexes, um, all sexes um, on there as well. I don't know what their filter status is like because I've never looked at anything other than same sex, but I have met some amazing people on Bumble and, and same thing. I can filter through to see what people are interested in, to see what people are looking for, and that helps me to find good people fast. I have met multiple people uh, when I spent some time in San Diego and I still I'm connected to those people. I still go visit them. We still travel together. I went on a trip to Hawaii with them. So just really, really grateful for these free 
accessible apps. All right. If you already have a network, but you're not connected to your network and you're kind of like distancing yourself, but you're not ready to go commit to time in person, there's a beautiful app called Marco. Marco is Marco Polo. And basically you record a little video, you send it almost, it's like a text kind of, but it's mostly in only video communication. So instead of a text, which is really impersonal, this is at least a little bit more personal because you can see someone's face, see their emotion. And you don't need to be present to receive it or respond to it. You can get to it like a text whenever you have a moment. So I like that because phone calls, you don't always have a lot of time or the energy, whereas like this, you can save it until you have the energy. Relationships. Uh, I would suggest you follow any of the work of John Gottman, Esther Perel. Both of those people have amazing courses. Uh, I've purchased some of the Gottman courses, my favorite of the Gottman courses is there, I think it's called like the relationship advisor. So you buy the program, you and your spouse take a quiz to see kind of where the health of your relationship is currently. And then based on the way you answer those questions, they will kind of design coursework for you to improve your relationship. Super helpful. Really love it. I also recommend hiring yourself a relationship therapist, or if you're struggling personally, a personal therapist, if you're in relationship therapy, I think that you should also have a personal therapist. So you can kind of dissect things that you talk about in the relationship therapy. These are often paid for by insurance. If you don't know how to find one, Psychology Today has a search based on your location. You can also look for remote providers. Uh, I just think that having these people in your back pocket to meet with once a week, every other week, once a month, even every couple months, it's just good to kind of make sure that you're on the right track. It's like a good accountability partner. All right, movement and body. Things I love, resources I love for this. I use something called the Sweat app. It's like 100 bucks a year. It has like 10 different trainers in all different areas. So they have HIT, yoga, the Pilates, bar, uh, stretching, mindfulness, strength training workouts. So lots of great trainers in there that I really love. And I love that the workouts are like anywhere from five minutes to 45 minutes. And it lays it all out for you. It has timers on there for you. It like has a weight tracker on there for you. So I, I don't want to waste my mental energy planning workouts. I don't feel like attending a class that's scheduled for every week because my schedule doesn't always permit the same time every week. And I'm not really ready to hire an expensive trainer. Um, I have a history in coaching, so I know, I know enough about weightlifting that I can do it on my own. I just want someone to tell me what to do. And this app does exactly that. Plus I can bounce between trainers, bounce between programs, bounce between workouts. So there's always something different. For example, I mostly love hit and strength training, but last night I did some yoga and it was so refreshing and I didn't have to think about it. I just had to listen to the app and watch the video guide me through what to do. So two favorite trainers on there. I like Kelsey Wells. Mostly what I love about her, she just came out with a mindfulness and strength training program. It is the best. I've always known strength training to be like, you know, lifting weights, growing muscle, kind of like a hard, not a hard thing to do, but like a, an ex, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's not known as like a feminine behavior. And um, I love that she adds a feminine component by making it mindful. And it's just such an awesome way to balance out something like strength training. One of the other trainers I really love, and I'm probably going to butcher her name, is Floor, Floor, F-L-U-E-R. Um, that's, I'm, I'm positive, not right, but <laughs> her last name is East. I think her area is like strength training and HIT. Um, but what I love about her is she's super like high energy, but not in like a harsh masculine way, like a fun, lighthearted way. 
And I really enjoy her workouts because I feel uplifted after I, I do them. All right, food. A book I really love for kind of healing um, things is Healing Tonics, Juices, and Smoothies by Jessica Jean Weston. I love this book because it has some amazing teas in it. In the back of the book, it has some good uh, cleanses, like there's an Ayurvedic cleanse. Um, there's a great food I really love called Kitchery <laughs> and some other great things in there as well. Juice blends, smoothie blends, um, cold drinks, hot drinks, but all healing based drinks with herbs. So really, really great resource for other things related to food and healing. I would say, um, make sure you're buying whole healthy foods. Um, don't be afraid to buy a cookbook that has, um, recipes I can walk you through. There's Pinterest. So make it easy for yourself by, you know, spending some time up front saving these things or buying a book or bulk making food or, you know, soliciting help from friends or family to help you make the food. But food is important. It um, determines how well you're going to function because it's your fuel for your body. It's also your medicine. So make sure you take time to really invest some energy there. All right. Final things to note uh, other just resources, books, things I love. Feel Better in Five, Rangun Chatterjee. And almost all of these people have podcasts or are on podcasts. If you're more of an audio person versus a book person, you could search their name and listen to them. But I do like Rangun Chatterjee's book, Feel Better in Five. He has like hundreds of activities in his book, which is really colorful, playful, has great pictures, easy explanations, but they're five minute or less activities that you can do to feel better. I just sometimes I only have five minutes. So I love that I can do something in my day to better myself in just five or less minutes. The last one is um, a mindfulness-based, creative-based book called 365 Days of Art by Lorna Scobie. And I have not completed this whole book, but I bought it to help slow myself down and just um, take a break from my work and my computer. And it's been a great resource to be able to just pull out and complete an activity in there really quickly. So another great resource. All right. It's not an all-encompassing list, but it is enough things in each little area. So take those as you please, use them as you please, and um, feel free to drop some comments below of anything else that you all like, use, resources, things that have helped you. And that takes us to our listener question, which is, how can you help someone who has bad behavior all the time? <laughs> this question makes me giggle a little bit because already I'm like, well, let's start with changing your perception on good versus bad. Behavior is not good nor bad. It is just behavior because it is all communicating something. So if we can change our perspective and start to view behavior as this is communicating something, we can then work on addressing it and fixing it. Um, the... <clears throat> One thing I try and encourage everyone to think about is when someone has quote unquote bad behavior, typically something has or is happening that is stressful to them. So when I have a kiddo who, or even an adult, which is much harder to have grace for, but I'm, I'm trying, we're all trying <laughs> grace for those adults that have struggled as well. And you know, aren't speaking about their struggle. Um, I ask myself this question, what happened to that child, that person, that individual that would make them act this way. For example, I would say in the past, it could have been a little bit judgmental. So I would see people acting like really outrageously. Like this is happening the other day. I was in the bank. I forget even why I had to go into a bank. I haven't been in a bank forever, but there was this old gentleman trying to pay off a loan and he was 
not able to pay it in person. He had to send it in, send the check in. And he was so angry about that because he kept saying the check was going to get lost in the mail. And he was making a huge scene at the bank. And you could tell the tellers and the people working at the bank and the manager that came over just, man, it was just hard to watch. And in the past, I would have been judgmental and been like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Like, oh my God, he's overreacting over something so small. Like these people are trying to help him and he's just being ignorant and rude. Instead of thinking that way, which I would have in the past, I have learned to change my perspective. So I look at him and I say, wow, his behavior isn't good nor bad. It's maybe not socially appropriate, but what it is telling me is that something isn't right, that something happened to him, that he has anxiety, that he's stressed, he's having a bad day. I don't know, but something had to happen to him to make him act that way because it's not a normal way to act. And I have a lot more grace and compassion for him and I'm not so judgmental and it doesn't make me feel as icky. So changing your perception on good, bad behavior and knowing that it's always communicating something. So how can you have more grace, compassion, love, and understanding? That's the first step. When you can meet a child or a person with grace, love, compassion, understanding, things are going to go a lot better because we are, we go hard first. And what hard means is we go to like into attack mode, attack the behavior, stop the behavior. And that doesn't cause behavior change. It may eventually get the behavior to, to change, but we need to soften. We need to be like a, a lighthouse for this human being or this child you know, in that moment, I'm not much of a physical, affectionate, physically affectionate person, but I'm like, man, that guy at the bank probably just needed a hug or something. Maybe that would have made him mad. I don't know. But um, maybe someone just asking him if he's okay. Um, so soften. When you soften, people can soften. When you soften, kids can soften. When you harden and try and change the behavior, they harden as well. So that's the first step. That's what I would do. More on that in past and future episodes. And that takes us to today's try it at home tip, which is consider your core five. And that means core five people in your life. That means the people that you are around the most. Why? Because the people that you spend the most time with are the people that you act the most like, and that you start behaving like, and that you start uh, adopting habits of. So if your core five aren't positive, healthy, good people, you might want to think about readjusting. And I know it could be hard because those people might've been in your life a long time, or some of those people can't be removed from your life, but can you set boundaries? Can you put distance in between? Can you recognize that their choices aren't the choices that you want to make? And can you improve yourself so that maybe they can improve? Check your core five because they really influence you. And that's it for today's episode of returning to us podcast. Remember our try to home tip, which is check your core five. If you are looking for support in the areas of stress, trauma, behavior, the brain, well-being, kids, behavior, anything at all related to those topics, I would love to be part of your journey. The Behavior Hub offers a range of supports from coaching to online courses to group training programs, even university credit at the graduate level. Um, So for more information, either email me on the website, behaviorhub.com, or shoot me a text, 717-693-7744. Until next episode, I am Lawrence Spiegelmeyer. Thanks for joining. 